What time is it? What time is it's it? 2 it's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. Welcome, 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 guys. I know, right? <laughs> to the two Alpha Millennials podcast. I am joined by my partner in argumentative banter. Oh. Banter. Hendrix? <laughs> uh, greetings and salutations. Oh, I snorted. Jesus Christ. All right, that was all. That was just it. <laughs> I am KC and the place to be. And that place is my guest room. This is the 2 a.m. podcast, and we just record every couple years. Yes, the most sporadic podcast is back. Yes, we are bringing you our awkward take on pop culture, love, life, and the millennial experience still. Maybe. Uh, when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. Or when we have time. Mm-hmm. Or when we're unemployed. <laughs> it's, it's touchy. Hey guys. What's popping? Welcome back. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. Yes, the uh without a dope beat to step two. Step two. Step two. The not at all awaited return of the two awkward millennials. Freaky 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 baby girl. Uh <laughs> okay. sorry. Uh Copyright. yeah. We haven't uh the rumors of our demise are not true at all. Um, and it's crazy because like I think I live in a bubble <laughs> I mean when it comes to this podcast it's kind of like my life where like people talk around me and no one talks to me so like Hendrix gets all the inquiries questions yeah all, all that, that and then like no one says anything to me which is kind of like my life people just go around assuming shit about me <laughs> and I'll never really know until like one person is like damn everybody thinks you're a terrible person you know bitch and I'm like wow only the second part is true uh, admitting is uh, half the problem solution um <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's popping yeah, but um, yeah, no, we didn't break up. We didn't get into a huge argument or fight. We just went through some shit, and yeah, I I take personal accountability. It's um, definitely his fault. Let me say that. <laughs> I remember on our last episode, many many years ago, mm-hmm. um, I had stated that regardless. We would be putting out an episode every week, whether or not I had to do it solo or bring a guest on or whatever. Yeah, I did say that. I I meant it. You know, I was adamant about it. And then five days later, I watched my grandfather take his last breath. So, yeah, shit kind of got complicated. And, um, yeah, I need some time off. I think um, 2020, we were kind of in that mode of not liking podcasting as much as we think it was just so much going on yeah but that's what i'm saying like it was so much going on that podcasting was the least of our collective worries unfortunately um but it is it's still still fun like we still had like little 
many podcasts that you guys didn't know about. We talked to each other about current events and everything. So, yeah, it was no fights, no arguments, no money disputes, no none of that. Like, no. It all belongs to me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we, we are here. I will not say we are back. We are. We are queer. here. <laughs> She's queer. I'm not queer. I just always hear, I'm here, I'm queer, together. I might look it, but I ain't. But It's um, really the admitting it. It's really the first step. Oh, yeah, I, I already know I look suspect. That's cool. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I, I've been hearing that shit all my life. Well, yeah, you know, you just look like... so little. <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> That's the one part of my body, no matter how much I work out, my legs will never grow. <laughs> no calf muscles, nothing. Yeah. I'm dead. But, uh, yeah, we're here. Um, we don't necessarily want to bore you guys with the whole tremendous amount of bullshit that we've been going through collectively in our lives. Um, we're both fine and healthy to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't fucking start. Okay, okay I'm sorry. I'm uh, dying. Casey is <clears throat> kind of sort of dying slowly, mm-hmm. but surely, which we all are. Stay so tuned. We're no, don't say tuned. <laughs> <laughs> don't say tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our goal is to continue to do this for as long as our lives will allow us to continue to do this on a consistent basis. For sure. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what's been? What's, give us a a short summary of what's been going on with you lately, like in the last month. In the last month, um, nothing. Like I mean, everything is everything. Glad to see you have changed your uh, outlook on life a little. Bit. And I'm definitely dying. No, I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Can you explain to the people why you're dying? Okay. Okay, I have some health issues that came up recently um, in the last few months or so or whatever. So just dealing with that and um, just adjusting. Um, I don't know if anybody's really aware or know or knowledgeable of any, any capacity, but um, I have a hereditary thing um, with my kidneys that my mom also had. And so I finally got diagnosed, and so just dealing with that and adjusting accordingly. Um, definitely have a much better outlook on it now than I did when I first found out. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still very, I'm still a very morbid per. Actually, I wouldn't even say morbid. I am morbid, but I'm very realistic. Um, I'm not one of those people that has like a um, a fear of death. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't. Um, so I'm just like you know, chilling, living my life, working. Dancing, emphasizing still. I was dancing earlier. I was trying to remember some of the TikTok dances, and I realized that um, I was trying to do the pool palace earlier. <laughs> kind of forgot. But yeah, besides that, you know, just really just the same shit, honestly. Everything else in my life is pretty much the same. I mean, you know, sure. still same friends, same. No new friends. No new. I got, I got a couple of new associates. Um, no, not really. Never mind. I don't think about it. But everything besides that is fine. Yeah, everything's everything is everything. What's going on with you, Hendrix? Anything new? 
Um, anything? I mean, my dark clouds are a lot less dark these days. Are they gray? And light gray, light gray. You know, that's good. Nice little MacBook gray. You know. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I want space gray. Space gray is black. But okay, go off, sis. You know, uh, I, I think I've come to the realization that things are what you make them. So no matter oh, what you're going through. Like, you have the control to make it good or bad. So, if you want to look at bad things as bad things, that's what they're going to be. Like, everybody has shortcomings. Everybody has things that they want to overcome and do and be better at. And, you know, a lot of times mental health-wise, I struggle with that because I'm just this person that holds on to these feelings of despair. And that shit just stopped being fucking uh, enjoyable. So I stopped. I know I'm making it sound way easier than what it was. It was a long journey and it's still a continuous journey. But I just wanted to be in a better place. And I finally understood that that revolves around me. So, yeah, nothing new. Um, I'm off work for the foreseeable future. In three weeks. Maybe longer. Mm, <laughs> nigga, you just said you was trying to be positive. Like, look, lying. No, I mean, but that that's kind of what it is. I'm like, I might be off work longer. Cool. Like, I'm straight. I'm all right. I mean, shit. Look, we got, you know, they, they're giving us you know, money, unemployment. We're supposed to get our four STEMI, you know. They're working on that. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they're working on a new STEMI and shit like that. Yeah, so. I did my taxes this. Hey, they told me I was pro- poor. Taxes will do that. The IRS will humble the fuck out of you. And it was like, yeah, you definitely deserve all the stimulus money. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> shit. Mm. It was like, did you get this and this? Good, you got all, every crumb, because you need it. And I was just like, fuck yeah. I remember uh, a flashback to last year, the uh, the first stimulus. It was like, oh, yeah, for people who pay taxes and this. I'm like, no, not filer here. Sorry. Nope. Did you get it? Mm-hmm. And everyone after that one. So, yeah, you know, don't let people say you, you can't get what you deserve. Like, I've been working. Nigga, you ain't even filing. You don't deserve shit. So? Well. So? What that mean? <laughs> this nigga's cheating the system, nigga. Come get this motherfucker. The system is cheating me. Mm. Fuck, I gotta pay y'all for shit that I work for. Anyways, so. Your freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Oh, shit. That's kind of a coincidence with the versus battle of the Aussie Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, they hit my nigga Ryan hard. Like, I'm going to make this old nigga go to jail for multiple years for tax evasion. That's crazy. Damn. But yeah, when it, you know, when I already got my letter. So when that second letter come, I, I get my shit straight. I'm sorry. About the garnish. <laughs> <laughs> it's only parsley. You know, you can't garnish a garnish, my nigga. Relax. Mm, I'm dead. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm that's... paying them. Don't come for me. <laughs> Don't get your fucking money when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking playing with me, bro. 
So yeah, uh, yeah, we're here. Um, we're gonna get into our topic today. Well, the switcheroo, new switcheroo. What's the topic? So, in that work vein, um, we're gonna talk about poverty, money, and poverty. Section eight. <laughs> what does section eight have to do with this? I seen a post that I reposted the other day. It was like, please just give me a chance. I, like, I, got, I promise I'll pay my $15. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know how people get on that shit, but if I get on it, I'm never leaving. I understand why y'all keep having kids. Like, I remember it was one time, bro, I was literally looking for an apartment. That was the only time I felt, like, I didn't know it was a Section 8 apartment. And it was the only time I felt unfortunate um, for my career some of this should be nice too. it's because no this was a nice apartment they <laughs> had a washer and dryer and everything and I think um, they definitely told me I made too much money and I was just <laughs> like what because but what I realized pro tip is that people like to own section 8 apartments and stuff like that because they know they're going to get their money because it's coming from the fucking government most of the time they yeah. like look they're paying all the rest of it we just need you to pay your 50 fucking dollars yeah. And shit'll be cool. But uh yeah, shit. Speaking of people struggling, they my apartment definitely had somebody shit outside earlier. They don't give a fuck. I was looking outside, like that's an eyesore, fucking couches <laughs> on the grass and shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. It's supposed to rain in a couple of days. <laughs> wow. So our topic for today is based on our um working. Like we work so hard. <laughs> Putting in, you know, sometimes 50-hour work weeks, sometimes 60-hour work weeks, depending on where you work. And we really don't get shit from it. You know, you get a check. Like we were just talking about, the IRS takes their money. You got to pay for medical. You got to pay for, well, some people have to pay for medical. All kind of little deductions. And depending on if you're unionized, you got to pay your union dues and all that. And we we get in this cycle where we work ourselves like to the bone to in a lot of cases barely make ends meet. Like, you know, a lot of people who are making six figures are reliant upon that check on a regular basis because every step you move up that money ladder, your life gets more and more expensive. More money, more problems. Yeah, more money, more problems. Um, so, me and Casey are going to talk about some of our struggles and some of our tips and money management and, and working. Like, we don't, the off days, the vacations, like, where do we actually, like, What what's your opinion on working? And in, in what capacity, though? Like... Do you feel like you're compensated fairly for the work that you do? Oh, you shouldn't ask me that. <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the reason I say you shouldn't ask me that personally, um, like I have gripes about work for sure um, because like, first of all, they want me to be there every day and second of all, like at a certain time. So... Well, that that's an issue that I give no fucks about. Well, we know, but I'm saying, like, um, those are honestly the hardest things about my job and my career path right now is the time. 
like it's just time consuming and it's like do i really have nothing better to do no but better than be at work like um those are my major gripes like but as far as the compensation to work ratio um do i feel like it's adequate for me um at this point in my life depending on who you ask and the reason I say that is because um, my job looks hard on paper. Um, <laughs> it looks hard on paper. Um, but also, I've been in my field and in my position for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in a Wolf Work Corporation or a place where time matters. Um, so I have worked myself to a point where I do very little. <laughs> um, and that's why I wanted to say that. But if you really think about it, and and I don't think it, I don't think my job is the exception here. I think it's very common because even if you think about any corporation the way it's structured, the lower your position, which most likely the the lower your salary and lower Absolutely. your pay, the more work you do. Yep. My own, like my minimum wage jobs that I did when I was like in college or after college for a little bit, um, I was making like seven forty. I think that's what minimum wage was at that point. I was like twenty one, twenty nineteen. Um, I was working at like McDonald's. I was working at Speedway, and those those jobs are still the most work I ever did. Like I was literally on my feet all day. All right. Literally register constant moving yeah register and if you're not doing register if i was at you know the gas station i'm making coffee if you're not doing it you're cleaning toilets you are dropping fries like you were doing like i did the most work i ever did making the least amount of money i ever made mm. and i'm pretty sure that's not a and that's not a, uh, an experience significant just me i'm sure that's common and like i said for my job now i've been there for eight years so like even the amount of work that i was doing when i first started working there and when i was bringing home Obviously, because you move up, I get raises and stuff. I was way working way harder at that point when I first started to now where seniority and time and skill set has put me in a position where I don't do as much as I did when I was working a minimum wage job or even when I first started out at the company I work for now. Yeah, um, I'm in a similar place. Um I've been at my current job for six years. I am damn near capped for my position, which is great, but it's unfortunate because the money don't match. You know, top seniority, and you're getting close to being capped for your actual, like, job position. Like, you know, even trying to find work in my field in other places, like, a lot of that is like way less than what I'm making now. Yeah, that's that's another thing too. Like I'm 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 I am capped. Yeah. I mean, there's room for growth in my position as far as like raises and bonuses and stuff like that. So it definitely is a sense of to make more money every year, still. But I am capped in the contractual sense in my current position, um, and. That is, it, it doesn't, I don't want to say it pigeonholes you, but to a certain extent, because um, it would take a lot mm. um, to leave my job. 
And mm-hmm. what I mean by that, and it's funny, ironically, because I know that millennials are known for being the get up and go generation of just being like, fuck this job, it no longer serves me and leaving. Yeah, no. Nah. But um, I know Hendricks was saying as far as like feeling like you're being compensated properly and all of those things like that. Um, for the work that I do or don't do, depending on who you ask, um, I do very well in that regard as far as the exchange and... It's very few things I can do outside of, I don't know, being a fucking dentist or doctor or mm-hmm. a lawyer or something that requires a lot of uh, graduate level education yeah. where I would be um, making anything close to what I'm making now. Um, yeah, and I think that's one thing that um, we also need to touch on is the fact that you do oftentimes feel pigeonholed. Because you've reached this level of seniority and you've also reached this level of pay, which is not obtainable in different industries, you know, as far as looking for something that is of equal compensation. It's like, okay, well, I'm tired. I'm at my wit's end. I'm done with this shit. Let me go find something else. And then you look out on the market and it's like, well, that would be a pay cut. That would be okay, I don't have these kind of benefits anymore. Or this job is like twice as hard as the job I currently have. So you go through all those mm-hmm. different things and it just puts you back at square one where, okay, well, I'm working this job. I'm, you know, I got a lot of time in. I'm getting compensated well, but I still feel like I'm struggling to make ends meet. But that's the thing, though, what I realize is that, now that might be a millennial ideology as well, is that um, you never feel like it's enough. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, yes, we would all be loved to, well, not be work at all, honestly. True. But we would all love to have this job that you absolutely love, that you're bringing home $500,000 a year and all of this great shit or, you know, whatever, and residual income, make money, and you sleep, all of these stuff. Like, obviously not saying these things are not possible, but they're not as common. Obviously, we know the median income in this country. Right. Um. But I think we all, like, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily generational. Actually, I think it is generational. It because definitely is. I think that the generations before us, like our parents' generation, um, it was more of a comfortability, you know, so it was more it was definitely more likely for you to stay with the company and retire and do all of these things. And it's not as common in our generation anymore because like we never feel satisfied. We never feel like it's enough. I remember talking to like older people, like my mom when I was younger and was like, Oh, you know, you're never gonna feel like you are making enough to have kids or you're making enough to buy a house or you're making enough like you're never gonna feel like you know, because that's the one thing people say, like, well, not so much. I'm behind. <laughs> um, and a lot of those life goals that people establish, like, so I'm just not there yet. So in a lot of ways, I still feel younger than I am. Yeah. Um, But, <laughs> like, she's always said, like, you're never going to feel like, oh, okay, okay, now I have enough money. And and that's true because on when you're at a certain point, all you're thinking about is that you can, it's hard to think about where you came from. Right. Um, cause, cause if you I started think, off at minimum wage doing hard work and now you're making a lot of money and you're not doing as much work. But and, and not even with that, I'm saying just like with, um, you, like I said, like you saw how you feel like it's never enough. You're always going to feel like that because I know when I was younger, 
um, like I said, I've been with my corporation, my company for eight years. And so, like, when I first started, before, like I said, before I got my job now, I was working minimum wage jobs or a job. Right. Um, I was working minimum wage and still living at home and uh, trying to figure it out after college. And I literally just wanted to make $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a lot. I mean, in comparison to seven forty, someone doubled it. You know what I mean? So, it's like... Um, and I wasn't even full-time at the job I was working. I think I was working part-time at Speedway. I mean, like, barely part-time. I think I was like 38 hours or some shit. Right. And so, like, I legitimately just wanted to make $15. You know what I mean? And so when I got a job um, making 16 it was like, nigga, my dreams are about to come true. You know what I mean? <laughs> and being in the, like, and so it's like at that point, I could take care of my life. Um, at that, like I was in my early twenties, I was 22, 21. I was making 15 something, almost $16 an hour. And at that point I did have everything I needed. I was able to afford an apartment. I was able to have my car. I had a savings. I did everything. Right. And that's why I think it comes to the idea of more money, more problems, because... As you progress. I mean, yeah, because as you progress, your expenses do. And so, like, because you now you can afford more, and, and therefore you do. Because if I was living my same lifestyle, I guess, so to speak, that I was living at um, 22, as far as expenses-wise, and I was making what I make, I would be fucking rich. <laughs> like, that's how I would feel, because... I am, you know, making double what I, you know what I'm saying, at that point, and I don't really feel any more secure necessarily, but it's like, in my wildest dreams at 22 of thinking like, oh, you're going to be making double um, that, you know what I'm saying, whatever, that $15, $16, and you're going to be making double that, and eventually, you know, I would have never, I could never foresee that. Yeah. At that point in my time, like that, like in my point in my life at that age, like that would have seemed like a dream. Like, oh my gosh, what the fuck am I gonna do with that much money at twenty two? Obviously, at a thirty, at thirty, you know that's normal. Well, I'm gonna be considerate of the median income in this country. I'm not gonna say that's normal. <laughs> um, but it's more of an expected thing. Like I said, I've been gradually increasing my life. Right. How has changed as as well as my pay and my career. You going up the corporate ladder. And you expect things to go as you want them to go. So, so you're really like expecting of money increases. So you don't, you know what I'm saying? You, you look at it as a positive, but at the same time, like you said, it's more money, more problems. So you get into this place of, okay, so now I make this amount of money and I now have this amount of bills. You know what I'm saying? Like everything increases every time that you increase in salary. And I think that's something that a lot of millennials are experiencing. It's like, we want to do X, Y, and Z, but we have these passions. We have these hobbies, you know, podcasting being one of, Excuse me, podcasting being one of them, and mm, I have an angle. You really have to sacrifice a lot of things in in order to do them because 
like you said, you're working every day. I have a contra- potentially controversial idea that just kind of popped in my head. Okay. Um, I wonder how much of that feeling is maybe not only, um, but to a certain extent associated with African-Americans. The reason why I say that is because not even just myself, um, but just like people in general, mainly like, uh, I'm trying to think, like people that I know personally. Right. I know a lot of people that grew up in certain situations or predicaments or whatever, and they did not want that same life for themselves. Right. Uh, maybe the one that they're, you know, that was provided by their family or their parents or whoever, you know, uh, raised them. And they so desire to not struggle. Right. Um, uh, that unfortunately, they put themselves back in a position to struggle, but that's neither here nor there. The point I was making is that um, I really, I wonder what, how much of that has to do with appearances and not so much for myself, because I think it's, you get to a point where you feel like you deserve, right? We work and you work to attain certain goals and get things and stuff like that. And for the more materialistic person or the person that wants to, I am no longer struggling, struggling. So it's like, I, now that I am making 20, 30, $40 an hour, I don't want to look like the person that makes seven forty. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think that's middle wage anymore. Aging myself. But No, nah, you're still dead on. Really? I thought it went up to nine. I don't know. Um Yeah, like you no longer want to look like that. Cause I know a lot of people who are like, Oh, you know, like I didn't get the like when I was younger, I didn't get the J's. I you know, my my parents couldn't afford to buy me a car. I didn't, you know, say I was working in high school or college to, you know, help out or do what all these things and so now those are the people that almost put them. I mean, sometimes put themselves in fucked up positions. This is the person like I want the nice car because I work for this. I want the nice place because I work for this. I want the nice clothes and stuff because I work for this. And so it's just like it's almost like you put yourself in that position where it's never going to be enough because it's like it always has to get to that next level of getting that next thing so you can still like it's like a keep a keeping up with the Joneses mentality I think is what I'm describing mm-hmm. and I'm not saying everybody experiences but I wonder is that is that something that is more um an issue that we have because you know shit when I lived in my other apartment that I felt the need to upgrade from it was whole ass adults you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whole ass families living in those apartments. I was paying like $600 an hour. I mean, $700 an hour, $600 a month. Mm-hmm. And I would, and like I said, I would be in a better, I mean, I essentially double my rent or right. a little bit more than double my rent. So it's like, um, I would be in a better. different, I would be better off if I would have stayed in that way. But I did have that, not to the same extent, but I did have that mentality of, I work for this. I deserve better. I'm going to upgrade myself. And I think that a lot of people do have that where it's like, oh, okay, well, now I'm going to get this car because I work for this. Even if it, you know, now instead of the no car note or the, 
$200 car note, you take it on the $700 car note. And the, you know right. what I mean? Like people do these kind of things to like, okay, you, you want to look like where you are. Well, I can speak to that situation a little bit. Um, my parents had very, my parents had very challenging financial times when I was growing up. Uh, credit was fucking shot. So me coming up, I stayed away from credit cards or any kind of thing associated with credit. And that ended up fucking me over in the long run. Like, I don't think I actually had my first official credit card until I was like 27. Mm-hmm. Because I was just so against them. I'm like, okay, people get these credit cards. They use them, they pay them off, the the credit amount increases, and then they use that, and then that's when they struggle to pay them off and shit. They're using it for the wrong things. They're mm-hmm. doing this and doing that. So, yeah, I'm just going to completely get away from that. Like, I stayed away from credit cards or stayed away from student loans. Like, anything to where I ended up having to owe money to somebody, I was not trying to have no parts of it. And, I mean, now it's like, okay, I got a credit card. I got these credit accounts. My credit score is good. Like, I'm doing this and doing that. Like, but the fearfulness of my upbringing was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm staying away from that completely. And that's the thing I think is attributed uh, or in relation to experience upbringing and things like that because... I know everyone, I mean, shit, Twitter has this conversation all the day about financial, (laughs) every day about financial literacy in some capacity or another and how it's not taught to us in the same manner. Like credit should be taught in school. Financial literacy should be taught in school. And I I know I I probably spoke about this on this show (laughs) um, at one point or another, but it's so, it's a completely different experience you know what I'm saying? When you know better. And right. what I mean by that is because we see, it was, it was a viral tweet that went viral maybe last year. And it was like, the girl's like, oh, I got all my own stuff. I got this Kia and I paid $700. And I'm like, bitch, that's terrible. Don't tell anybody else that. Right. You know, like. That's what you think, though. That's what I'm saying. So you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get it. Or like, shit, I have friends who are like, oh, yeah, I got this car. And it's like, it's. Your note is seven hundred something fucking dollars, and then your insurance is seven something hundred dollars, and it's like, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like it's it's completely a ridiculous number. But if you don't know any better, you're probably like, okay, well that's fourteen hundred. I should be the fourth that. And it's like, bitch, no. Like you're spreading yourself too thin. And like I think, yeah, I was talking to Hendrix about this earlier where it's like my dad when I went out on my own was very clear in the in advice that he gave me in a lot of different ways like oh you should be able to pay your rent out of one check you you know between your car note and your insurance don't pay more than $500 like it was those tidbits that I had um that helped me out a lot in a lot of the decisions that I made so mm-hmm. if you don't have um it's hard to learn obviously financial literacy from someone who is not financially literate and so I was definitely one of those kids that was with my dad, like, oh, watching him pay bills and, like, this is how you should do this, this is how you do that, you know, saving money, all the stuff like that. I was blessed enough to grow up in a household where that was the norm, where it's like, oh, you know, my dad, like, you know, taught me about credit. Like, when I was, 
I had kind of had the opposite experience that Hendrix had. Like when I was going off to college and I turned 18, me and my dad, he opened my, well, I think I got my debit card at like 16. But before I went to school, like I opened up a student credit card and, mm-hmm. you know, used it for small expenses. And like my dad, was, <laughs> um, my dad was paying my credit card bill and everything. I think I was using for like gas or stuff like that. So like by the time I graduated and I tried to get my first apartment, I think my shit was like 700. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have anything. Right. And I had that one credit card, and I think, like, my student loans and everything was up. You know what I'm saying? Everything was on the up and up. And so it's like I was kind of set up for success in that regard. And so um, financial literacy is such a big part of that because you don't even know any better. It's like, oh, okay, okay, about to pay $800 between my card note and my insurance, and I'm making $16 an hour. And it's like, that's terrible advice. But if you don't know any better, you're just like, oh, I want all the things. And you do that and you kind of put yourself in a, in a fucked up position, like more money, more problems. You're like, oh, I got, I can afford this. I have the money for this. And you put yourself in a whole bunch of fucked up predicaments. Definitely. Um, not knowing any better, simply. I mean, the main thing that counts from that is you never know what's around the corner. So, mm-hmm. you know, even when we were talking about like us being at our perspective, our uh, jobs and shit for long periods of time that should get in tomorrow realistically like it might be some hoops that you go around and shit like that but yeah like jobs aren't forever oh yeah for sure um and just be mindful of that because especially as we learned last year like people are losing jobs left and right like nothing secure and if you don't have any if you don't have the mindset to fall back from that like you can be in some deep shit, like you know what I'm saying. So yeah, that's it. That's another point I want to add too, in terms of like financial literacy. No one teaches you those things as far as like savings, like that. Like I tell, well, not a lot of people, but one of my fears is because, like you know, I was blessed. In fact, my dad took care of me for an extended period of time until I got on my feet. Like, I know that was a blessing. And um, because of that, it, it I was set up for success in a way. I mean, I could have blew it for sure. But I was set up for, yeah. for success in a way that I know a lot of people didn't get the opportunity to be. But with that being said, I already had that mind. Like, I've already always been in, into numbers. I've always been into all of these different things. And so I was a budgeter. I, you know, I was a saver. I was doing all of these things. I was doing my own research when I got older. Like, okay, you're supposed to have three months of your expenses just in case you are out of work. Mm -hmm. Like, all these different things. Like, I was researching, like, okay, like, I need this, you know, this much money in my savings or I want to do this, I want to do that. And getting to that point of feeling comfortable because my dad did so much for me and my mom and my, my siblings that... I never want him because he took care of me for, like I said, in the same period of time. I think I was 22. Which was a long time in the black household. Oh, absolutely. Because I know a lot of people are just like, you know, pushed into adulthood, unfortunately. Um, blindly and stupidly. Blindly and stupidly with no guidance. And so, like I said, that's why I'm like, I know I was blessed in that regard. And so because of that, I didn't want to ask anymore. Um I wanted to make sure I was in Like, that's one of my fears. My One of my fears was, like, not being able to take care of myself since I've been independent, which was in my early 20s. And so I told myself that I would never have to ask my dad for another dime. 
And so that's one of those things that I've stuck to and it's been such a big part of me trying to get my shit together or being on my shit is like okay saving so if they you know fire me tomorrow i should be okay until i find another job right and then on top of that even if i find a job making less than what i make all of my shit will still be good because like you live a, below your means. Yeah, and you have to set yourself up. It's like a lot of people, like we were talking about, a lot of people's expenses do increase, but as I've been getting older, my expenses have been decreasing because of a lot of stuff that I've taken care of, which would be like, oh, I paid off my car or other debts that I had, like being like when I am up, taking care of stuff that will would, would not be, you know, the best, I guess, part to put my assets towards. And not having like all this unimaginable amounts of debt, like, oh, okay, like that's taken care of. So if I've cut my expenses in half or down by a thousand or down by five hundred dollars, like if anything was to happen, like, okay, now I probably more or less could you know, support myself off sixteen, eighteen dollars an hour because I've been taking care of those things when I was making double that or whatever like that. So it's just the you know, money management is so important and like a lot of this stuff, like, oh, you know, financial advisors, you don't, you can find, I mean, the internet is an amazing place. I know y'all know this. So well, it's like, a lot of this stuff is online. Like, <laughs> do the, like, I'll talk to anybody who wants to listen. Like, I know I was talking about my credit score on Twitter, like, a few, I mean, maybe a year, a year or so ago. It's like, how did you do your credit? I'm like, I didn't use any of those fucking schemes or random people or email anybody. I literally just paid shit off. <laughs> I didn't do anything special. It's, it's really simple, but you have to have that mindset. If you don't have that mindset, it's not yeah. going to work out. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how much Nothing. you work. It, it just doesn't. Like, you really have to be ready, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to take that on in, in some capacity or another. Like, be you have to want to, for sure. It's a lot of things that go into it. It's like one of those things, like, you need money for everything. Obviously, we know that. I'm one of those people that say, oh, money doesn't make me happy. No, money makes me pretty, pretty happy. Not in the literal sense. Money helps you provide yourself with happiness. Absolutely. There we go. I like that. Yes, it does. things get taken care of. You tend to stress less. You tend to worry less. Mm -hmm. And it's a balance, too. Because when I was younger, like I said, because that was my fear, I was obsessed with money. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, I was big, like I said, I was like all trying to save the three months of income and you know be prepared for anything. I was obsessed with money when I was younger, um, but I definitely got to a point when I was older, like you had to realize, like I've been with my company for eight years. Do they give a fuck about me? Hell no. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily affect their bottom line. And most companies, I don't care what the fuck you do. I don't care if you're a doctor, lawyer, business executive, bitch. You're replaceable. Yeah. Um. And so it's just like, you don't really necessarily affect that corporation's bottom line for real. You know what I mean? So with that being the case, it's just kind of like, I used to be obsessed. I was always at work, always on the clock. Oh, I can come in. Y'all need me. I'm there. (laughs) And it's just like, no, I'm good. I'm comfortable. That was another important part that my dad taught me because I used to work all the time. Anything they'll offer me, I'm coming in early. I'm staying over. And it was just like, if you can't, if you can't afford it off, 40 hours and no overtime then you can't fucking afford it and so i didn't i'm never gonna put myself in another situation where i cannot where i need to work um overtime or do more than this that's more than what's required essentially so 
I took on that mantra a long time ago, probably in the last five or six years. Where it's like, I definitely live to work. I do not work to live. I'm not about to live in that bitch. I will see y'all when I see y'all. I take, like, I used to always have extra off days left that no one get paid out for. I take every off day. Yep. Every off day. If it's voluntary, I'm not coming. Y'all won't see me. I'm taking a day off. Matter of fact, I'm missing that day too. Like, I am never going to give y'all more than y'all did not did I have to because at the end of the day like I'm going to take that vacation I'm going to take that trip I'm going to do this I'm going to take that day off because you have a life to live yes. and that corporation is not giving you shit like I said as soon as you quit retire everything's like oh you were such a great person and your position is filled before you didn't walked out the fucking door or before you didn't croak the fuck over and so that's the things you have to think about when you're working now and well, you should have always been thinking about, but just something to take heed to is at the end of the day, like, yes, you're going to sit there and do all that overtime and punch those numbers and do this and do that and work so hard. But it's just like, at the end of the day, like, I don't get anything out of this but a check. Um, so for the peace of mind and serenity and just literally enjoyment of my life, no, like take all the off days, take all the vacations, go places, yeah. experience things, because those are the things like you're not going to remember the hours that you spent at work. Not You're going to remember the experiences you had. Like, oh, I went on a va- vacation in 2020. <laughs> well, not 2020. <laughs> I went on a vacation in 2018. You know what I mean? I remember that. That was a great time with my friends and family or whatever the case may be. You're not going to remember. That's what you're, That's what's going to be valuable to you. Not the 60 to 80 hours of fucking overtime you did at a company that doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually my last point. Um, vacation. Off days, vacation, you know taking advantage of what's provided to you. I am personally still struggling with that. Like, I'm of the mentality that I don't have shit else to do, so I might as well go to work. I was really, really on the mentality, oh, well, they're offering seven days of work. Like, I might as well go because I don't have shit to do. So let me go to work seven days a week. Like, I don't really do shit, you know what I'm saying? Nope. But Mm-mm. I'm the complete opposite of that. Right. But I, I had to come to a point <laughs> where it was like at one point in time I was working seven days mandatory. Um that transitioned to six mandatory and it went to five with the option of working seven. And yeah, no, I work five days. I work Monday through Friday, I get the fuck on. Unless, you know what I'm saying, something on like a Saturday is mandatory, like I'm good. Um, like Absolutely. Vacation days, sick days, like mental health days. Yeah, yeah. Bro, if I'm like really not into it, I won't be in that bitch. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm taking all the days. Like, I definitely, it, it's always so fun when I'm like, oh, yeah, you, we missed you yesterday. What did you do? Nothing. Not come in here. Like, that's yeah. literally like, that's literally my answer. Like, I didn't come in here. Like, I didn't do anything spectacular. It doesn't have to be an event. It doesn't have to be a birthday. It don't have to be nothing going on besides that I don't want to see y'all motherfuckers or do this shit. Like, that's literally all it takes for me to be like, you know what, not today. You know what I mean? Like, and I take that time now. And that's the, I didn't do that when I first started working right. for the and corporation. That, I mean, I think that's one thing that we get so stuck up and caught up in is that, okay, well, if I don't work, I don't get paid. Like, no, you have things where you go on a vacation, you know, just take a day off. I will say that. I do get paid for all the days I took Right. But <laughs> even if you didn't, like, it's okay. Oh, no, I would still take them. Right. It's okay. I would still take them. Like, you had the opportunity to not go to work, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Like, um, I had a thing this week where I babysat my nephew. And it was just kind of weird because it was a weekday. 
And normally, you know, my nephew will come over or whatever, and you have that limited time frame of when you get to interact with your family or you get to interact with your friends because you work so much. Mm-hmm. But by me being off, it was like, oh, yeah, I take the baby for, yeah, do whatever. Like, I'll see you tomorrow or the next day. Like, I don't really give a fuck. Like, you can stay all week. Like, I, I don't care because I don't have anything to do. I'm off. But it's that, that thing. Like, so it took me it took for me to be laid off from work to be able to spend time with my nephew and that's insane because it's my niece and nephews but i feel what you're saying you know what i'm saying because that that's a (laughs) kids grow up so fast even though you don't notice it but kids get grow up really really fast time passes (laughs) really really fast so yes if you're lost in right if you're lost in your work you miss out on these critical family moments of development, whether it be, you know, nephews, nieces, or your kids, or, you know what I'm saying, even, like, your parents or your siblings, like, so much can change in people's lives, but you're so caught up in the rat race, like, you're just working, okay, work, come home, you know, watch TV, go to sleep, get up, get ready for work. Seriously, and then, like, it's so much, I mean, everybody has so much stuff going on at once, especially, like, work and careers, camp, kids, or whatever. I know we, me and my family made a point to get together once a month. Right. Because we realized that we were only seeing each other on holidays. And it's not that many fucking holidays. Not you important know what I mean? holidays where people get together. No. Man. So it's just like, I mean, anyway, I'm like, oh, it's Columbus Day. What you're cooking? Like, nobody's doing that. So it's just <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's fucking Columbus. <laughs> but yeah, like, so now it's like, okay, once a month, we decide that we're going to get together and do something. Because I was like, damn, I think it was like last month, maybe. And I was like, I ain't seen y'all niggas since... New Year's Eve, like, you know what I'm saying, like, Christmas, and it's just like, we gotta start doing better, and so we decided to do stuff once a month together as a family, because we was not seeing each other like that, and you really just don't know, you know, you have everybody, we're all spread out, we're all adults, right, everybody has everybody has their own thing, and so it's just like, you have to make sure you make time for the things that matter, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good way to put a cap on it, um, you know, work is essential, it is essential, but I am the captain and the leader and the creator of fuck that job. Um, <laughs> I'm the spokesperson for it, and literally that's what I tell people. Like, you work, you like, where are you at? You ain't at work. <laughs> fuck that job. All right. Um, they'll be okay. Yeah. This I, and I say things like that because I don't say anything about where I work at. So <laughs> we did get an email um, about social media and talking about work. So this is I've never mentioned the company in which I work for. And as the person not mentioning it, still, and yes, fuck that job. Still. Amen to that. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys have any stories or comments about working and what you put forth in work and what you get out of work or any success stories, because I've, I've been seeing a lot of inspirational things about um, people actually finding careers within their hobbies and passions and i really um shout out to people like that because i know we live in a, a, a very entrepreneurial time where everybody's like oh you know you gotta hustle and a side hustle and i was like this i speak on behalf of all the people that are just regular and what i mean by regular like 
not in a subpar fashion, but like, I will be completely honest and transparent with myself where it's just like, I'm not one of those people that just has like these skills. And what I mean by <laughs> skills is that like, you know, I was like, Oh, I am a, a hairdresser, an esthetician, a nail tech, a fucking makeup artist. I am a right. t-shirt designer. I am a, I go to work. I, yeah. Like I do hair. <laughs> I do. I, um, no, no, I don't have, I'm just not one of those people. And so, and I also want people to stop shaming people like that too. Like everybody is not supposed to be, because everyone's not supposed to just be like, oh, I start a company of your own. I'm just not that. Yeah. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I want to do my, because realistically, them niggas that say, like, I work for myself, they work more than us. So, <laughs> um, it's just like everything isn't for everybody. Nope. And you can have your own things. Like, that's cool. Punching in is not for you. Um, staying up to 4 a.m. Um, to do some shit is not for me either. I'm cool. I'll take my benefits um, and my job, and I'll punch in and clock out. I'm cool with that. And I, I do I do hate that shame. Like, it's like, oh, you work? Yes, bitch, I actually do. And you work, too, pretty fucking hard, <laughs> even if it is for yourself. So it's just like, just let people have their things. I think that is one of the things that I'm I've see a lot, and it's just like, what is with all, oh get an LLC like? You don't even know what you're talking about half the time. So yeah, have one and still working. I just don't understand why um, <laughs> that LLC didn't change shit. Nigga. It didn't change anything, you know. <laughs> still, still old IRS money. <laughs> still, still very little income. Um, like it, it's it's like I said, not saying I don't, I don't have a tangible skill. My skill is talking. I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm I'm an educator, of sorts, so yeah. And that's why we're here. I'm just saying, yeah. But yeah, stop shaming people for just wanting to go to work. I'm like I hate that narrative. I don't know what where the fuck that came from. Okay, but y'all gotta relax and stop trying to get people to trade shit. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. Don't send me your Robin Hood request. I don't want it. I'll learn if I want to. Okay. Crypto or whatever. Hey. hey, hey. I said it. Everything is not for everybody because I'm not a gambler. I will say this. I don't gamble with my money. I made my money in real life. And so I want to keep it. I don't want to take my real coins that I own in real life. Casey's stock shaming. I'm not stock shaming. I'm saying everything is not for everybody. I'm just saying leave people alone. Don't you want to create generational wealth you have fifteen dollars it's just not just like everything's not for everybody you good you you might be i'm just saying like some people yes i'm not saying that every i'm not saying that some people aren't excelling at it some people are doing amazing at it but everyone is not a risk taker that risk to success ratio is high like it's a lot of risk so I'm cheap also. I'm not about to let my $1,000 just go out the window. If you got $1,000 to blow and hope that you make ten grand, I mean, it's just sometimes just be just everybody. Everything is not for everybody, okay? <laughs> y'all going to stop shaming people because we, what y'all got to realize with the cryptocurrency and all this uh, whatever Forex shit that y'all be saying, y'all don't sound no different than like, oh, let me turn your $500 to $5,000. It's kind of sounding similar. So just leave people alone. If anything... Get them a book or something or a website before you just pitching shit to them. 
Also, quit using quit uh, cute women. All right. Y'all just be messaging people, and that right. shit weird. I get an old friend request from such and such. Oh, okay. Private account. Oh, okay. Follow. Oh, shit. I'm dead. She trade Forex. Oh. Hey, sweetie, you want to make some money? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just creepy. <laughs> She's like, like, no, bitch, get out. No. No Like, I, I looked at it. I'm just not. I'm not a risk taker. No, I don't want to do that. And I just want y'all to stop shaming people for not doing what y'all doing. That's all I'm saying. The same people that's like, oh, yeah. Like, even dreamers. I'm not a dreamer either. I would support your dream. I'm not a hater. But the people that's like, oh, I quit my job and move to L.A. to follow my dreams of being an OnlyFans creep. I don't know. I, it's not for me. Okay. It's just not. That's your path. And with that, uh, I'm just saying it's your path. Yeah. Girl. So if you you liked our little money talk or our work talk, and this um, pussy talk English, pants, French pussy talk, yen, or our pussy talk, apparently. Uh, I'm just saying because they talk dollars and yen. Okay. You can hit us up. <laughs> just can give us an email. Um, as to a m podcast at gmail dot com if they ain't deactivated. No, it's still working. No, no, it was a joke. Spam. It's definitely mostly spam. Spam. But um, <laughs> the number two. Any questions, comments, concerning anything we discussed on this particular topic about money? If you have anything, any insight from your personal experiences with money or credit or anything, jobs, work, adulthood. Well, I think that's all the same thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So we're going to get into a couple of entertainment news um, as we record this, uh, unfortunately, I woke up to some terrible news. Honestly, I'm going to say it's terrible. Uh, DMX um, overdosed Friday night. Uh, he is said to be in very critical condition. Some reports even state that he's in a vegetative state. And, um, yes, addiction is real and it's never ending as somebody who is still recovering, um, because that's what you are. Like once you become an addict, you're an addict forever because it's just embedded in you. And, uh, we saw DMX have, you know, a lot of, you know, he looked better, uh, the verses he did, he, he seemed in good spirits and everything, but once you you know once you're there you're there like it's it's a it's called addiction for a reason like you can't you can do all the work you want in the world and sometimes it just it just takes that one time and uh unfortunately you're putting this position so definitely prayers up for dmx and his family um absolutely yes it's just a sad thing because you know, you see somebody who looks like they're overcoming that darkness. And, yeah, to have that happen is just it's really unfortunate. Um, also, I don't know if you've been watching it, but uh, I dipped and dabbled into the trial of the officer who mm-hmm. murdered George Floyd and um some of that the testimony from a lot of the witnesses is like really heart wrenching because when you think about it, I know they showed the um the camera from the store 
that they were in front of mm-hmm. and they showed the crowd just the amount of people who were watching onlookers and it's like wow like but you also understand that like in that moment you have no idea what you would have done because who it could have been two that day it could have been three that day like you right. know what i'm saying so um but on a brighter note in that aspect it looks like we'll get a conviction. Um, the evidence is way too prevalent um, from medical examiners to EMTs to, you know, eyewitnesses. Like, it was excessive force. Absolutely. They killed the man in cold blood and broad daylight. Um, he got restrained, all that You know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know, the opposition wants to tell you about what he had in his system and this and that, like that doesn't matter so yeah it looks like we're gonna have a conviction with that so i'm definitely happy about that because a lot of times in those situations we don't have any form of justice that comes from it we've seen it all too often where you know the the perpetrator just walks scot-free from (laughs) the longest from fucking rodney king Mm -hmm. on uh emmett till on like yeah they just walked guy free so hopefully um we get a conviction in that um and lastly i don't know if you you've been keeping up but what is going on in in the music industry right now as far as what uh, so, you know, you had the whole Quavo and Sweetie thing. Okay. They broke up, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But then you get elevator footage of an altercation that they had in the elevator. And that was a whole fiasco in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And the... I didn't like the... Um, the... Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Commentary around that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was you, some person. I think it was Adrian Broner or someone that this is what black love is to me. Did you see that? Adrian Broner is a fucking idiot. And well, he's yeah, no, he did. Is, is that the one that? No, 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 no. He's also a boxer, which makes him even more of an idiot Concussion. just by physicality alone. Oh, no, he's definitely a dumbass. But yeah, I saw that shit. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I try not to pay attention to. The the idiots, the, people the celebrity them. idiots, yeah. as I like to call them. So, you know, I don't, anything Lil Boosie has a commentary on, I'm just fucking. Oh, well, no, he's an idiot, so. Yeah, so that. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a But um, recent, well, I guess in the last two days, Lil Uzi Vert um, and Southside got into it, which is. Oh, I've seen this. Interesting, because their prospective girlfriends, well, their girlfriends, or women, or wives, or baby mamas, or mm-hmm. whatever, um, JT and our Miami are in a group and are best friends, and I, you know, the pandemic had a lot of uh, factors on us regular people, but I think celebrities have kind of gotten to the point where they're losing their minds. Like, I'm not arguing. I'm not threatening nobody on Instagram. I'm not, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with musical artists. I don't, I guess you can't tour, so you're bored or you're angry or Mm -hmm. you just want to start shit. But can we not? It's like, can we just not do this? 
it's no it, what's the game especially um you know I was just thinking about the they were just talking about the anniversary of Nipsey Hussle's passing mm-hmm. it's like you know you never know when the fucking Twitter fingers or Instagram rants can uh resurface in real life especially you know being that closely associated with people like yeah you never know somebody might be for real about it so yeah i mean i don't know what the fuck is going on in rap but uh a lot of bullshit um yeah yeah i I can see that i don't especially like the little rap shit just like whatever like it just be stupid and I just don't even really right, but then because of the news cycle, it becomes fucking top news in urban culture, and it's like I don't give a fuck. Like honestly. some stuff that's viral, you like this is stupid, but okay. Like, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised about the Quavo sweetie video or anything like that. Like, of course, or even stuff that people don't care about goes viral. So. Like the Derek Jacks thing. It's just like a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised by it. Like, <laughs> or the, little, the Joe Budden podcast thing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that as much. <laughs> but I think because that audience is niche. Like, I know about it, right. obviously. Like, but oh, yeah, they had an argument and they stopped recording. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, like it's just like this is the stuff that's like I just don't really be caring. So it's like, like I ca- I can't care enough to put a commentary on it. And the only reason I can comment like provide commentary on certain things because I look at stuff in general mm-hmm. as far as like the situation and not the people. Because like I don't give a fuck about these people. I actually don't give a fuck about the situation. But I can give you my opinion about what I think about this particular right. situation as opposed to the people. I don't give a fuck about Quavo or Sweetie. But I also don't feel like niggas should be putting their hands on nobody and or you know. Correct. You know, so it's just like, nah. Nah. Yeah. Same thing with Derek Jacks. I mean, that situation is different for me because I, I said that on Twitter that I had an unpopular opinion about it. Would you like to share? We have a couple minutes left. I mean, my unpopular opinion was just this. Um, I don't think it makes him anything but a hypocrite. Like, I know people are like, oh, yeah, taking you bitches down. Y'all love Derek Jackson. I'm like, I don't see the relevance to that to me. Like, I feel like y'all hated him because he tried to encourage women. You know what I mean? And so, like, mm-hmm. men feel like, no, 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 wait, because I'm going to lose my thought. You know I'm old. Um, men was upset because they didn't like women having any positive reinforcement. And that's why men don't like Derek Jackson. Um, so when I saw this news, I'm like, oh, okay, he's a hypocrite, but that's all I really got from it. Like everything was like, okay, you're a fucking hypocrite, nigga. You was doing the same shit you said you told us not to tolerate. That's all I got from it. But I don't think that it changes his message. I don't think that women should just be dumb, insecure, stupid, and crazy. Right. Like, I don't think that takes away from, I don't think that anything he said was wrong. I think he was just hypocritical, but who the fuck isn't it? True. I think it's just a platform, obviously. Like, you made a whole business and a name for yourself and a whole brand, you know, telling women to value themselves and do this, this, and that, and maneuvering this way, and men should do this when you weren't doing it. So, to me, it was just like, okay, you're a hypocrite, but I don't think that it should be like, oh, everything he said was fucked up or everything he said was wrong. Men hate him because he was encouraging and being an ally for women, and y'all hate women. 
So I that's my unpopular opinion. I hate Snapple facts. I don't care who's delivering them. I hate Snapple facts. What do you facts. mean you feel like everything he said was obvious? Is that what you're saying? Yes. While encouraging, I understand that because, you know, some people do need a voice mm-hmm. for the obvious, but I like I don't rock with the self help and all that shit. Like Honestly, I do. I listen, no, I, I, I listen and consume a good amount. Well, not in recent years. I feel like I know everything. Hmm. But I do consume or have consumed in the past a good amount of self-help. Because some people do need that encouragement. Like, I have people now where I think, like, as far as, like, on insecurity levels and just experiences in general, that some encouragement is necessary. Because mm-hmm. you have to get to that. Like, the point that I'm at in my life mentally or emotionally and with myself and comfortability in that regard took time. Like, that took time and experience and a lot of, and I don't want to say self-care. I think that's the buzzword. But um, I think that took a lot of effort on my part. Everyone does not have that, or everyone has not done that yet. Like, everyone is not where you are. So, for somebody, it's valuable because they could have been undervaluing themselves for, you know, for so long that they do need to hear those words of encouragement. I don't like I don't like small talks. I don't like bullshit words of encouragement. Like I don't like if my life is a shambles. I'm like everything will get better. Will it? Do you know that? Like I'm, that's just me. I don't enjoy that kind of Snapple facts. pandering. I think it's pandering. I don't like it. It's annoying to me. Like that's why when I'm going through shit, I don't talk to anybody because that's really all people have to tell you is a generic shit. Like things will get better. Pray about it. Uh, yeah. Everything happens for a reason. It's okay. Take this as a lesson learned. <laughs> all of these things, literally make me want to shoot you like <laughs> I, like nothing about it is comforting or encouraging um so when i'm going through stuff i don't talk to people but just saying um for other people it could be like yes i think the i think that a lot of J- Derek jack's success is because of the fact that he's a man so i guess like i understand i guess like the pandering aspect of it i guess i can see to a certain extent and it, it comes off as pandering because obviously he wasn't heeding his own advice but um yeah i think it comes off as pandering um because he wasn't heeding his advice but before that no i think that the reason i was irritated with the i guess the not irritated but always found the criticism of him interesting is because it was just like i think for women and why he blew up and his brand blew up in like the way it did because like oh wow, a guy, like, you hear us, you see it. Not so much like I was taking the encouragement, but it's like, oh, one of y'all see it. Like, it, we're not crazy. Like, it's a guy acknowledging what the fuck we've been saying about niggas being trifling because they've been trifling for so long where it's like, okay, maybe coming from another man, y'all respect it. But the same thing, but even with Derrick Jacks, men take down bad men all the time who do niggas love niggas love future future is the worst human being on earth right they love fucking future all the good men in the world <clears throat> nigga shit on russell wilson well what would have been dirt <laughs> but not really him i didn't put him i never put him on that same level but like russell wilson or um what's the other one papoose or whatever like all the men that are known for treating women well are shitted on like they're simps they're bitches they're this i mean shit um what's that other girl she just had a baby 
Well, she's pregnant, and she was known, you know, she was known for whatever, getting hold by Colin Kaepernick or whatever. She wrote the book about, you know, whatever, sleeping with rich men. Brittany Renner. Mm-hmm. They, she got pregnant by her, you know, her boyfriend or whatever, and all I did was drag him, like, oh, you knocked up the hole. Like, so with that being the case, it's just like all men that are known for being for doing for treating women properly like they're worth a shit are shitted on. So it's no surprise that y'all like trashy ass things. So like when men are like, oh ha ha, Derek's doing the same shit we doing, bitches. Like, is this your king? You know, this is like no, we were just trying to tell y'all to appreciate us and value us and not treat us like shit. Okay, it sucks that he's doing the same shit, but I still don't feel like I don't deserve to be treated well. So I don't know what I was supposed to get from that. All I'll say about that situation, um, adding on to it, I just want to know what song his 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 wife was going to play on the saxophone. That's all. That's uh, all I want to know. I mean, I don't know nothing. I know that she it was just all bad. <laughs> I just want to know what song she was going to play. Probably some gospel shit from her words. But, I do uh, think that part is fucked up, though. Like, she definitely was a whole victim. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on in that household, but she looked like, please send help. I don't know. Um, But that's another thing, too. The one th- oh, another thing that I don't, that I did not like was the slander in terms of her appearance. And the reason I say that is because what I think is filled to acknowledge in most cases is that I saw a lot of that rhetoric of that's why you got cheated on. And it's just like, y'all realize that the sweetie and Beyonce and Holly Berry and all of these women have been cheated on. Right. Y'all do realize that beautiful women get cheated on too. So it's like, that's a cop out. I don't understand why y'all come with that rhetoric. Like, Oh, well look at you. And then on top of that, completely negating the fact that, Apparently, at one time, he liked her enough to marry her. So, um, and she, I mean, I've seen a picture of her dialed up, but for, I mean, for all intents and purposes, she always looked like that. So, um, he clearly liked her at one point. I mean, he obviously upgraded himself, got money, you know, we can, that's a whole other conversation about access to people. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, fine women get cheated on too. So, no one's exempt. If you want to not get cheated on, find a man that don't cheat not do all of these A, B, C, and D and hope that it's going to fix it because it's not. You can, you know, cook everything and pop the pussy and put on all the lashes and get all the body work done and you still don't get you done. So it really doesn't fucking matter. So um, with that being said, do you have anything grinding your gears before we head out? Um, yeah. I'm just grinding my gears, whatever. It's a, it's a story, but I'll add it to grind my gears. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, I saw a clip from a show that Megan from Bad Girls Club was doing. And in this clip, she was talking about the idea of respectful cheating, respectfully cheating. Um, and in this clip, uh, she pretty much was saying, like, men are going to cheat, but you should do it respectfully. And what she described respectfully is not bringing home an STD, not bringing home a baby, and having it not be with a man. Because, you know, obviously that's a, a, something, a flaw of your character, I guess, if, you're getting, if your man really likes men. I don't know. So those were that's the those are the the points of respectfully cheating and it's ridiculous. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. There's no such thing. Like the whole act is disrespectful in itself. Um so I thought that that was a ridiculous notion. I'm sh- but the thing in the matter is that I I am sure that she's not the only person that feels like that. It's a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um 
in a lot of in a in a lot of different veins or whatever that have that same ideology in some capacity where it's like, well, as long as you're not making me look crazy. Yep. Like a lot of women's like, okay, well, at least nobody know. You know what I mean? Or it depends on this bitch gonna keep her mouth shut. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, don't knock that bitch up. Don't bring that home to me. Don't like people, a lot of people isn't she's not her, she's not the only person that feels like that. Um and I don't want to say it's a thing about worth because I don't think these people think that they're worthless necessarily. Um, but for me it is. Um, I know that it's so much, and I am not exempt. I want to say that even though I feel strongly about these things, I'm not exempt from it. I still desire marriage. I still want to have children. I still, unfortunately am cursed with heterosexuality and have to deal with men. Right. Um, so I'm not above it. I'm not above like, oh, I want, you know, to get married and walk down the aisle and, you know, have kids. I'm not exempt from that. I still have those same traditional womanly desires that are either praised or frowned upon, depending on who you ask. Um, but the answer is still no. I still love myself <laughs> enough to say fuck that. Like, I still have those desires, but it's not, like, by any means necessary. I still have the desires to say, like, oh, but, you know, respect is not necessary. Like, those are not things that, for me, that is a thing. Like, I am not dealing with or tolerating this because at least I got the things that I want. Those are just not things for me personally. And so it's never going to be like, okay, well, but we're married. No, I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm, gonna head out. I'm gonna head out uh respectfully gonna get the fuck on respectfully i'm not staying for this shit i will not tolerate it and i choose to leave um like even though those are things that i want for myself i still do not want them above everything else right so respect will still be first like worth will still be first and i still would choose me like being single will still always be better than being disrespected and I think that the mindset that she was talking about is something very specific. Well, I don't want to say it's specific because it's dumb hoes in the hood doing the same shit. But I do think that it is um, very common in her position. I think that she might date a man of affluent uh, nature. Not sure. Um, but I think that it is something that's very more, is more specific of kept women. Um and not only the wealthy can be kept. I know we have that conversation. Why aren't our marriages lasting like our grandparents? Well, because Papa was cheating and Grandma stayed. And we're not doing that. So that's why those marriages last longer. Because he had a family around the corner. Your neighbors was your cousins. They were your siblings. Okay? Everybody in the family was on bullshit. Okay? That's the difference. That's that's why the, the generation's not staying together. Because bitches are saying, bye. Um, that's what it is. It's it's the it's the idea of being kept. You talking about women being uneducated, women not being gainfully employed, women not being independent, mm. and now you have the ability to be like, actually, haha, y'all have a nice life. I'm gonna go, and um, that's why I said it's more, I think, prevalent in the idea of being a kept woman because you are more likely to be like, you know, that whole idea that went viral a long time ago. You want to c- cry in the key of Rolls Royce or you want to cry in Dubai or on seven mile. If you a Michigan person, um, I'd rather not cry. <laughs> um, and that's an option. That's literally an option. And I think that is the difference in being kept or not is that it's like some people 
you can choose what's important to you too. You know what I mean? Do I want to never have to pay another bill in my life or do I want respect? All right. That's a hard decision for some people. No, I get it. Not for me. I'll die. On your grind my gears topic as a man, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. So (laughs) just saying, uh, the answer is still no. So no, I, it's no way to respectfully cheat. Y'all have fun with that because I know people are participating in such things. It just won't be me. <laughs> have a blast. So, nah. and just anything grinding your gears spe- specifically out here in New Street? No, no, I'm pretty good. Life's like I perfect, said, huh? no, not life's perfect. But like I said, I am on that journey of mm, taking things for what they are and not putting a negative spin on it like so it is what it is nothing really ground like i've been off of work for a week i've been able to do whatever the fuck i wanted to i'm extremely ecstatic about that so yeah i'm good um yeah yeah so now for plugs um you can follow me on all social media platforms at noli hendrix that's n-o-e-l-l-y-h-e-n-d-r IX. You can follow KC. Oh, I'm sorry. You can follow me, KC, and the place to be. I'm dead mentally not here, obviously. Um, you can follow me at K underscore in real life. Rare sightings. Seriously. Social media and me are not friends, but K-A-Y underscore I-N-R-E-E-L-L-I-F-E. That is on Instagram and on Twitter. And then on Facebook at KC Call. Um and all that jazz. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at the Two AM Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and Two Awkward Millennials on Instagram. Yes, and again, one more time for that email. If you want to hit us, come converse. Yes, converse with us. Sorry, I was about to say I don't know what the fuck I was about to say. Comment, like, subscribe, whatever, all that good shit. But if you want to talk to us, email anything about anything we discuss on this. Um, episode from today, you can hit us up at ask2ampodcast at gmail.com. It is the number two, not the word, the number. So, mm-hmm. Hendrix, is that all? Uh, no, as always, millennials, remember that you cannot pour from an empty cup. So, always take care of yourself first. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode or this month's episode. Um, (laughs) Catch us next time. Live your best life. Enjoy your Easter. Peace. Peace.